I think it's just a revolving door, but just knowing you can't get all three is very important. But the two of the three, which is most important with what you're doing, what your age is, what you're trying to accomplish, and, and going through that with an advisor. What are all the pros of this strategy? What are all the cons of this? And if you know the pros and cons, then you can make a good decision based off of your situation. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. This is the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast. I am Ben George. He is Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach at Black Oak Asset Management, also author of the book, Don't Strike Out, Lessons for a Winning Life in Retirement. He's also a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. And today, the goal is to help you understand the three qualities of money. If you aren't sure what they are, then you'll definitely want to listen to this episode. Hopefully, it'll be educational. But the goal is to help you understand what the three qualities are, but also how you apply them to your portfolio how they help you make your financial decisions and investment decisions along the way. So hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. we got a couple of mailbag questions towards the end as well. So uh, make sure you listen all the way through. Ryan, good to talk to you again. How's everything going? Yeah, everything's going well. You know, I've had a good holiday season, and now that's the the new year, I'm ready for weather to get warm and get on the baseball and softball field now. Oh, man, we're getting pretty close, aren't we? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, we we talk about this thing on the last episode and I think everybody's kind of talking about it. Hey, you know, the, it's a new year. We were hoping for a fresh start. But it, it, this quote from Fred Rogers is a great quote. And it's perfect this right now because uh, it applies and it applies all the time. But it, it really kind of it makes a lot of sense in the moment. But he said, often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. Man, that's so true. How you can go, yeah, you can go down so many rabbit holes with that. Yeah, whether it's a new year, whether it's your job, your you name it. I mean, you could you could take this in so many different directions. But I tell a lot of people that we sit down with only the only constant is change. And so if you don't uh, adjust to those things and learn from them, then change adapting to change is is much much harder. But I think of my kids as an example. So I'm going through my coursework right now to get my CFP, which is a, a certified financial planner designation. So I'm going through there, and my kids still just can't wrap their brain around that daddy's in school essentially. And my son, who's in first grade, says, "Well, what grade are you in?" <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not really in a grade, son. It's it's something that you think you're done with school, you think you're done learning, and it only, I think it just magnifies yourself. It depends on the individual, I think, but I think if you're a constant learner, you think you may get to something. So when I get to the end of my CFP, I may be wanting to do something else. What's my next thing? What's my next thing? So I think that's what gives people drive and keeps people going is not just feeling like, okay, I've reached the end point. I'm good. Let me just kind of dust my hands off and I'm, I'm finished. But I love this quote because I think it's just constantly changing. And again, you can apply it to so many areas of your life. And yes, it is kind of fitting with, uh, with 2021 here that yes, it's a new year. The calendar's turned over, but, uh, unless we do things differently or, or alter or change what we're doing, we still have the same mess. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Well, the wisdom of Mr. Rogers, he is definitely missed. All right. Let's talk about the three qualities of money. That is the goal of this episode. We're going to explore the three qualities, discuss whether you can achieve them in a single investment, right? Everybody wants that. And how to put the right emphasis on the different qualities. It's really pretty basic, but you got to understand these fundamentals in order to make an enormous difference in your financial life. So let's just begin with the very direct question. What are these three qualities we're talking about today, Ryan? So the three qualities, and this is obviously a little bit more technical than, than our previous episode. Uh, our previous episode was more uh, kind of background of me and, and kind of philosophy, if you will. But this is a little bit more technical for you nerd brains out there like myself. So there, there's basically three, three qualities of, of money. So you have growth, you have safety, and you have liquidity. Obviously, growth, pretty self-explanatory. You want your money to grow as you invest it and put it away. Hopefully, you have more later so you don't necessarily have to work the rest of your life. Or maybe you want to, but it at least gives you options to do what you want to do. Safety is boring, It's but it serves a purpose. So all these are going to have pros. All these are going to have cons to them. So upside, downside. So safety does have it, it does have a function. It does have a quality of money. So safety, if there's certain money that we don't want to lose, it provides a, a safety net, if you will. It's not going to go probably too high up, but we know it's going to be there. Liquidity means being able to convert that into cash as quickly as we can and use it as we want to. So liquidity does serve a, a purpose. So if we need that money on a short-term basis, you may want to take certain approaches. But if you need it, and or excuse me, don't need it for a long period of time, you can take other approaches. So those three qualities, you're not going to find it in one investment vehicle or strategy. It's You're not going to have all three. You can have two of the three. You can have one of the three. But you're not going to have all three when it comes to investing in long-term planning. So shut down that idea if you're, you know, hoping to come in, talk with Ryan and say, hey, Ryan, I want uh, growth, safety, and liquidity like you talked about on the podcast. Uh, That's not going to happen. But we can come up with some ideas that will help you get two of the three. And let's talk about some of those. These are, let's maybe talk about a few of the more popular uh, investment vehicles that people will use. And each one of these has a place probably in your portfolio. So let's start with cash. What qualities are we going to get out of cash? Especially in, in the in the environment that we are in now, uh, if, if we were recording this podcast, which podcast did not exist this long ago, but cash in the 70s and early 80s, this would be a, a different conversation to be had. But right now, cash is... It has two of the three. So you can probably guess it has safety and it has liquidity. But cash sitting in your savings, checking, you name it, is just not going to have growth right now, which is okay. I have conversations with a lot of people saying, oh, I got a lot of cash sitting in my savings or my money market account. And it's just not earning anything. Well, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to be safe and have it readily available when you need it. So if you need a certain chunk of money that you're saving up for, and and my kind of timeline is that three to five year mark. If it's three to five years or less, then we want to stay away from risk. 
It's just, it is what it is now. We're not going to earn a whole lot on it, but you know what? If you know you need a certain amount or you're saving up for something, don't put it at risk. Try to find as much, and this is kind of an oxymoron, a high-yield savings account. There is no high-yield savings account <laughs> right now. Again, interest rates are just so low, which is great for people who are trying to buy a house or borrow money. Hey, great. Your interest rate is probably a lot lower than it would have been. But depositors, people who have that cash, banks, they have to have a spread. They have to make money too. So the spread between what they charge people and what they give people is uh, is very narrow thin right now. And so with interest rates being so low, they can't give depositors a whole lot of money either because most of you probably know this, listening to this episode, uh, a bank, as soon as they get money, they can loan it out. That's how they make money. That's one of the reasons, one of the ways they make money. So the the reserve requirement is is 10%, which means the banks, when they get money, they have to keep 10% in reserve and 90% gets loaned out. So they love people who have a lot of cash sitting there because they know they can loan it out to other people who need to apply for a personal loan, car loan, mortgage, you name it, which is fine. That's, that's again, they provide a service and so they should get paid for it. That's great. But yeah, cash, it serves a purpose, but you're not going to get a lot of growth. So it's got two of the three, but we can't accomplish that third one with cash now. I guess, was there a time, uh, you know, I don't know how far back you have to go, but was there a time where cash actually did achieve all three of these qualities? I mean, you can make an argument when I mentioned the, the when inflation was going through the roof. So there was the problem. You did get growth out of cash because a short-term CD, whether it's three months or six months, was yielding a good rate of return. I don't have like quotes in front of me of what it right. was returning, but but you also had inflation running at double digits. So okay. that's where when you do the net number, you right. really you got growth, but you weren't really keeping up with inflation. And even as late as 2000 or so, 2000, 2001, bank CD rates for a six-month CD were 5.5%. And, and and again, I, I remember that because I found an old paycheck. I think I mentioned it before on the show. <laughs> I found an old paycheck from when I played, and it showed, you know, deposit your money, six-month CD, 5.5%. My gosh, people would kill for that now. Oh, yeah. But it just doesn't exist. And so you had growth out of it, but then you have to really look at the real rate of return when you factor in inflation. And inflation was just going so nuts because mortgages were – you know, 18, 19, 20%. And so they could pay 10 to 12% for a CD because the spread, there was a huge spread and they were making money off of it. So that net number really isn't much different now versus then when you look at, because inflation maybe is a little bit lower, but also your returns are lower. So it really hasn't changed much, I guess, percentage wise. Exactly. So okay. That's what you want to look at is that real net rate of return. Gotcha. All right. Well, if you're looking for growth, you're probably thinking, all right, let's go to the stock market or mutual funds, bonds, you know, bond funds, those types of things. I assume they have more growth than cash, but what other qualities do they possess? So stocks, bonds, mutual funds. So you are going to get two of the three of those, and it depends on how it's structured on the second one. We'll get into that. But stocks, bonds, you know, different types of mutual funds. Obviously, mutual funds cover the whole gamut from growth, growth and in income, aggressive growth, international. Again, you can go uh, down the whole laundry list of the different asset classes they do have. But that's when we invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for growth. We're looking for long-term growth. 
and to have that have a larger pot of money, if you will, uh, down the road. But obviously, for that growth, you give up 100% safety because I tell people the stocks that you own they can go to zero. You can lose every bit of money that you put into an investment. That's obviously a, a bad scenario, but technically it can happen. So we have to mention that, say, hey, here's here's what the historical growth was. Obviously that has no relevance moving forward, but here's, you know, if we want to look at that thing, we want to look at the fees inside of it, but growth is a big component of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. And, but it can provide liquidity. Now, in our IRAs and Roth IRAs, depending on what your age is, it doesn't really provide that liquidity. Now, you can get to that, to those dollars. But obviously, if you're under you know, 59 and a half, then you're going to, more times than not, you're going to pay penalties on that. You've got to pay taxes and you're going to pay penalties. So you can get to it. It's just you're going to have to take a haircut, if you will, to get to that money. But if you own stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs inside of a brokerage account or an investment account, it is a lot more liquid. You can get to it and you can get to that money. Now, again, that's where you got to figure out, okay, are you triggering a taxable event there? Obviously, that's not the lane that we, we go in as far as taxes go. But depending on if there's growth or if there's losses, you could have taxes or you could have deductions. It just depends on how that works. So you do get the growth, you do get the liquidity, but you don't have any safety at all. Okay. So this first couple of investment ideas are fairly obvious when you think about them. Uh, here's a couple maybe that you aren't quite as sure on, at least I'm not quite sure on. Let's start with annuities. Where does that fall? Wow. That's again, th this could be three episodes <laughs> with annuities. So the biggest one that you give up is liquidity. Now there's so many different types of annuities out there. There's variable annuities, there's fixed index annuities, there's fixed annuities. So some of them have shorter, uh, what they call surrender periods. Surrender periods is when it's con those contracts are locked up. Again, if you want to get to them, you can, but you're going to pay huge surrender charges and potential penalties and potential taxes as well. So annuities, so let's flip to what they provide. They can provide growth. They, they can provide uh, safety. Again, so many different types out there. So I, I don't want to get too much in the nitty gritty of the differences between all of them, but different types of annuities, like a variable annuity, they're going more for, for growth. Uh, they're because they're invested inside of sub accounts inside those variable annuities safety you're going to be more toward the fixed annuity or fixed indexed annuity so a fixed annuity is very it functions very similar to a CD uh, it has usually a stated rate of return but it's it's locked up for two three four five years very similar to a, a CD the Fixed indexed annuity, you kind of get a little bit of both. You get a safety component, meaning if the market tanks, then you, you usually, depending on how it's structured, you don't lose any money. But if it grows, you get a percentage of that, usually up to a cap. Uh, and, and that's kind of your opportunity cost. You don't get the whole market, but you also know if the market does go in reverse that you your money stays what it was. It doesn't, it doesn't lose money. So Annuities can serve a purpose. They, they do serve as far as this conversation. 
If, if it's a fit, that's a completely different story. Is it a fit for you? Is it, is it is not a fit for you? That's an individual basis, but it does provide growth and safety, but uh, liquidity is definitely limited. Gotcha. All right, let's do one more. We're talking about the three qualities of money. People like to invest in real estate, obviously. I assume there's not any liquidity in real estate, but what other qualities can you get out of it? Yeah, real estate... I know Dave, because Dave Ramsey is a big real estate guy. I know he says real estate can be very liquid, but that means you're selling it cheap. So if you're selling it cheap, then you'll have a lot of buyers and you can convert that real estate into cash real quick. But real estate definitely is very similar to the qualities that an annuity provides. Again, not comparing the two from a growth standpoint, but it, real estate can offer growth. Can it go in reverse? Uh, yes, it absolutely can. So the safety is more in theory uh, because we've seen a we've seen a housing bubble, we've seen a real estate crash, if you will, in our our not too distant past. So it it can fall on its face, but the growth is definitely there, and it can be safe, especially if you know your own house. So let's take your own house, and if you stay in that house for Let's say you have a 15-year mortgage and you stay in that house for 15 years and you pay it off, okay? That's that's pretty safe, okay? The house is paid off. Who cares what the value of it is? I mean, well, let me back up. Of course, you care what the value of it is, but if you're going to stay in that house, to you, it really doesn't matter. So that's a little bit of a, a safety thing there. But then investment real estate, it can be a very lucrative growth tool, but you just need to know your risk that you're taking on when you go into real estate, whether it's residential, whether it's commercial, whether it's multifamily, there's a bunch of different uh, areas that you can, that you can look at, but definitely the liquidity is, is very, very limited. But it, it, if you convert it to cash really quick, that probably means that uh, you sold it too cheap. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. You can't always get that money, but you might have to pay a premium to get it out. So those are some ideas. Do you think when people are building a portfolio or talking to you about their money, do you find that they put an emphasis on one of these qualities more than the others? That's a great question. It's 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 hard to really answer that because it, and it, that changes. It, it it changes on the person. It, it changes on the environment that we are that we're in. I, I did have a caller the other day saying they want. They basically wanted these three things and it just doesn't exist. So I almost had to have the same conversation on the phone. They just said they want FDIC insurance with a good rate of return. Yeah. Think about that for a second. <laughs> it, it just, this doesn't exist right now. The, the current economic environment that we're in, it does not exist. And I understand people's viewpoint on that, but it, those two things don't don't mesh. And so I think it's just a revolving door of what people put more emphasis on. Obviously, they want the growth. They just don't want to take on a huge amount of risk to get that. But I've talked about this before on this show. There is a math component to risk, and it's called standard deviation. And there is some uncertainty to the stock market, but you can put a math component to it and say, hey, this is our upside, this is our downside. And if that if those guardrails are way too wide, then we need to move them in. But they both move in together. The downside and the upside move closer together. It's not, we can't 
move one guardrail in and the other one stay where it's at. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So I think it's just a revolving door, but just knowing you can't get all three is, is very important, but the two of the three, which is most important with what you're doing, what your age is, what you're trying to accomplish and, and going through that with an advisor, what are all the pros of this strategy? What are all the cons of this? And if you know the pros and cons and you can make a, uh, a good decision based off of your situation. Well, hopefully this gives you a little better understanding of, of money and the qualities and, and how you apply those, those qualities to your decisions. And if you want to maybe get a second opinion on the balance in your portfolio, whether or not you've made some of the right decisions, or you want to start building that plan out, you can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online now at blackoakam.com, or you can call Ryan directly at 470 470- Five zero eight zero five zero eight, and talk through some of these a little bit more. Maybe you have some other specific investment ideas that you'd like to understand what the qualities of those might be for you. Ryan will be happy to help you with that. As I mentioned before, we have a couple of mailbag questions we want to get to before we close out the show. And we encourage you to send in your questions if you have them to blackoakam.com. There's a little contact link there as well. You can send it to us. First one comes in from Diana. She's in Athens. She says, I've heard about a strategy using life insurance to create income for yourself in retirement. Is this a legitimate strategy? So Diana, great question. And I just realized we didn't do mailback last episode, so I kind of missed mailback questions, (laughs) but I like this. So yes, is it a legitimate strategy? Absolutely. Can it be a bad strategy or a good strategy? Yes, seems to be a common theme here, good or bad, just depends. Depends on how it's structured, depends on how long or how much you've been funding it, how long you have the contract. But yes, you absolutely, it, it can work. I know Dave Ramsey's opinion on these and I totally understand. I totally get it where he's coming from. Majority of his audience, this is not a strategy to use, but I have seen people use it. And so it is possible to take out the cash value of a life insurance policy if there's enough there through either the principal payments or loans inside the uh, account, you can do that. And it's pretty tax efficient. Now, if you do it right, you really don't pay any taxes whatsoever. But if you just clear out the whole account and surrender the contract, then there could be potential taxes if there's any growth inside of there. So Diana, yes, it, it can be a legitimate strategy. It definitely needs to be structured the right way depending on your situation, but I have seen it structured very irresponsibly where it benefits the life insurance salesman, but I've also seen it structured very properly where it can benefit the client as well. So do your research on it. There's going to be a lot of good and bad out there, but uh, take that with a grain of salt. But if you need to talk to an advisor, definitely do so. I'll be more than happy to talk with you, but it can be done. It's just got to be done right. Gotcha. So you can always get more information and uh, go deeper into that with Ryan, Diana. But thanks for the question. We got one more. How about Tom in Macon says, I have an MBA and I understand investments well. So I've always handled my portfolio myself instead of having any professional help. And I've always done well. In your honest opinion, is there really any reason for me to work with an advisor? It depends. But from the two sentences you shared with us, Tom, I would say no. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased. I think an advisor can can help most people, but it sounds like you've done very well. And if it's something you enjoy, 
and you feel like you've done a good job and it sounds like you have, then I don't think you need an advisor. It's really, you get, you have to get to the point where if you hire an advisor, you have to see them as a value, not a cost. And so Tom, I'm reading between the lines here. I feel like an advisor would be a cost to you. I could be wrong, but uh, again, mailbag questions don't get super, super deep in, into your situation. But I think for where you're at, you know, would it hurt to sit down with one and kind of have a consultation, if you will, just to see what services they provide? Because a good comprehensive advisor is not just going to be a, you know, investment manager and just manage your accounts. You're going to look at your insurances. You're going to take it your in, look at your income plan, your social security tax plan. I mean, you're going to look at the whole, the whole ball of wax, if you will. But where you're at now depends on stage of life you're in, Tom, but it sounds like you're doing a great job. So in my opinion, I, I probably not, but it may not hurt to sit down with someone. If you see value in it, then okay, maybe take the next steps. But if you look at it and go, okay, I'm, I'm doing that myself, then you don't need to hire one. There you go, Tom, but you can always get a second opinion, meet with somebody and just you know, see what they have to offer potentially might help you out. But I know a lot of people, uh, even they've been doing it well for a while, at some, a certain point, uh, like to rely on somebody to kind of handle things for them. But that's up to you, Tom. Appreciate the question, as always. And if you have one, send it in to us. BlackOakAM.com is the website. All of our podcasts are there as well. So you can go back and listen to some past conversations. And you can also schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online now. And also... If you're on the website, go ahead and request that Retirement Rescue Toolkit. It is complimentary, and it's a great resource and very valuable as you start thinking about tax planning down the road, some things to think about. Ryan, let's uh, let's close it out on that note, man. I enjoyed this conversation today. I appreciate you helping us understand the three qualities of money a little bit better. Absolutely. Again, a little, little bit on the nerdy side, but uh, I'm glad we got to cover cover those topics as well as, as get into the to mailbag questions as well. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.